I guess I better get my uh, thing up and running. That's what she said. Hello, my friends. Thank you for joining us for the PEDCAC podcast, a weekly information security show featuring some all-around good people. It is week 28 of 2022. I'm Chris Louie, and thankful no one lost a finger, toe, or an ear during our axe-throwing team bonding event. Happy 7-Eleven Day. If you're near a 7-Eleven convenience store, pop in today and get a free small Slurpee. With me, I have someone who just binged on an extra-large Cherry Coke Slurpee last night, Uncle Barbecue. You're a liar, but uh, speaking of fireworks, fireworks in Arizona are, are like technically illegal, like at least the, the airborne ones. So you can buy all the fountain ones you want, but the ones that shoot into the air, uh, you can't have them. But apparently my neighborhood doesn't understand that or even care because it was like <laughs> World War Three. Like we're like, we went outside with the, you know, the family baby. That's a longer story, but to go, like, we're going to go drive somewhere to go look at it. And then we go into the front yard, we're like, well, we don't need to go anywhere. Just like in any direction, it was just like booming, like not like just crazy. It was amazing. It's probably the best fireworks show that I've ever been to that was not, you know, carefully orchestrated by, you know, people that actually know what the hell they're doing. A and then on that note, yeah, on that note, there was, there was a couple suspect ones that were just like kind of flying around. And uh, later on that night, my friend, he, uh, he his wife had posted at like 3.20 in the morning someone shot off a firework but it made a beeline right for their house and it it went through the wall oh, and man. into their and yes and into their child's room and uh so they they had to go in there and uh, luckily everyone was okay put the fire out but they had to take his uh take his son in to see if there was any audio issues with them like being able to hear so he can still hear thank god but it's it's not perfect though is the the down the downer of the story is that like yeah, a- that's unfortunate pyrotechnic gone wrong or someone brought home a javelin missile and misfired <laughs> yeah yeah probably the uh, the latter for sure i have no idea but yeah it was just wild to see the pictures of like i didn't like you see these fireworks but to be able to go through someone's home like you know through the stucco and through the drywall and then detonate right over the, you know a baby's crib is insane well the, the the was it the video that chris sent where they were lighting fireworks in the front yard and it landed underneath a car or misfired underneath the car and it made the car explode. I thought that was hilarious. Was that you that sent that, Chris? <laughs> That's always Chris. Yeah. <laughs> I don't remember if that one was me. Sending a bunch of guys a bunch of fireworks videos and they're all fail videos, of course. Yeah. But the good one was yeah. the porch pirate. It, the porch pirate was amazing. <laughs> Anytime there's a video from Chris or a flaccid penis, it's always it's always from Chris, guaranteed. <laughs> And speaking of flaccid, we have the great Glenn Medina, who has been taunting us all week by sending pictures of him drinking and napping by his pool every day. Everyone, how happy to be home this week. It's been a great week for weather and being outside, uh, which is why I've been by the pool. I've been lucky enough that, you know, I think I heard you guys heard last year I was in the process of getting the pool done, and that's been great. Uh, That was completed and been able to enjoy the, the backyard now. Um, typical weather this time of year is, is 100, not, not, not for Chris, but it is for me. Super dry heat and smoke from all, uh, all the fires in the surrounding area. And uh, luckily, we've been graced so far to not have any of that stuff. And uh, it's been like uh, high 80s, low 90s, and uh, really nice. No smoke in the backyard. So there, there's more fires around you again this year? No. 
not oh there's not, not. Oh, there's okay. not that's what i'm saying is typically there are and oh. right now there isn't it's it's been awesome the only the only smoke that's coming from anywhere is my barbecue pit which i've been grilling Trigger, like baby i've been grilling like crazy so great time there are some fires out like out like where paul lives he was sending us pictures of where he lives it's pretty crazy out where he's at he's a little bit east of you yeah He's not a little bit. He's a lot east of me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so there are he's there a... are still some fires up here in Northern California, just not near Glen this time around. I, I like to yeah, say he, he's, he lives he's out by Western Arizona. Yeah, he's he's <laughs> equidistant to us, uh, Mister Human VPN. So all right, sounds fair. Combined, we have decades of information security experience, and are here not just to educate but to entertain. We've got. Four awesome stories for you this week. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Closing the loop this week on a previous episode when we were talking about our careers, and Glenn came up with the idea that we should write a book about SE life, salary negotiations, basically everything we would have wanted to know before becoming an SE or sales engineer. I recently interviewed someone, and that person listened to the podcast to study up on me. So big shout out to you for doing that. You know who you are. Uh, but that person also encouraged me to follow through with that goal of writing the SE handbook. I discussed it with my other co-hosts, and we are all in agreement that we will write this book about SE life. Since we all still have our day job, it's got to take some time for the first edition to become available. But just so you know, we will be working on and releasing the PebCat Guide to SE Life. If you want to contribute or help us with editing or publishing, let us know, and we would greatly appreciate it. I came MLA up with format. the I came up with the topic and the title. I think my my contribution is, is done, right? So, <laughs> yeah, you're off the hook, Glenn. Just uh, Chris MLA format, and you gotta cite your your references, please. Or I thought we were gonna do APA format. What is the standard? Does it even matter? <laughs> I used APA in college. We'll probably just throw it together and let Grammarly do the rest. I think so. Yeah, edited by Grammarly. We're, we're gonna have to give him a shout out in the in the forward of the book. There you yeah, go. we'll just do a one month just, uh, premium subscription for twelve bucks. Do you actually okay. have the premium one or no? I stopped subscribing to premium after I stopped blogging, and we switched to the podcast. But I, I use it extensively when I was blogging. Really? Okay. Yeah. That's why you write so eloquently in your blogs. It's Grammarly. In the blog, not so much in the show notes, but in the blog, yeah. There you go. <laughs> brain. That's how I end up with brain in the show notes. <laughs> this is my giant head, so I get it. What about you guys? Do you guys still have to use Grammarly Premium? I use just whatever comes. I, I think it's just the normal Grammarly, but I should. But so I right. use the free one as well. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but I, I was thinking as we started to go down this journey of, of writing, I like, like I understand like Grammarly's going to help us out, but I think our writing styles are going to be so such a contrast. I don't think anyone's going to fix that, or at least maybe for you two, right? Like it will look pretty good in the back. Why Everyone is else is like, yeah, because we're Asian. That's it's going to be comparable for us too. <laughs> you know, I didn't want to call it out, but uh, I am Asian as well. So honorary Asian, uh, yeah. But I, I do think that there's going to be a stark difference, and I think people will be able to pick it up. Be like, man, man. This, this chapter was really hostile. Deitch must have wrote that. <laughs> it's talking about guns in America. <laughs> Always yeah. bring your rifle to salary negotiations. Yes. We'll go. We'll do it. We'll 
edit it enough so that hopefully it's not that stark, but at least we'll get the content in. I'm just gonna have a bunch of like hidden puns in there. You guys won't even know it. I'm not. I'm not gonna lie. I'm pretty excited about this. I've been asking you guys to do this since last year, and I'm glad whoever it was that interviewed really piqued your interest on this topic, Chris. Did did. This yeah. is the first time I'm hearing about this. I don't even know what you guys are talking about. We talked about it on the podcast. Yeah. Should I go yeah, back but... and find out what episode that was in? I know it was early. You might have to. I don't. I don't. I think you're just both lying to me, trying to make me do extra work. All right. Well, one of one of our <laughs> podcast historians will have to send Brian that episode number. There you go. We'll close the loop on that, Chris. Yep. Next week. All right. For our opening topic, we'd like to talk about Prime Day. So here in America, Amazon Prime Day is the time of year when you can buy an extremely cheap Amazon Kindle or Alexa device and some other things that might be slightly cheaper. Are you guys on the lookout for anything on Prime Day this year? Last year, I got my green screen, which I use quite a bit now with OBS, so I might keep an eye out for some other home automation stuff. How about how about you guys? So I actually have a kind of a list that's going on. So I think I told you guys I'm, I'm, I'm gonna, I am going to build a gaming PC with my kids, so I'll probably pick up some parts there. Um, I do want a newer backpack. Uh, Travis Shepard came to RSA. He's one of our, our coworkers. He had this really cool backpack that, like, it is drone in there and it's flopping around, but didn't get broken and, you know, podcasting stuff. So I thought, oh, I want to get a backpack like that. And uh, I will be starting up a different YouTube channel uh, with some good quality content. So I'm going to be look- looking for a newer camera, video camera there. And the last one on purpose, because I saw that uh, Chris is going to be looking at home automation. I'm ready to make the jump. I have Wink today. I've had it for like, I don't know, the last five or six years. But if you go out to their their status page, it's been down since July 1st. So all home automation is broken in the deep household. And I <laughs> oh, am pissed man. and ready to change. I got a Nikon Smart camera things. for you, Crit, uh, Deech. Okay. <laughs> I, you know, it Slightly be better gran- than the iPhone camera. It would be grainy AF. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to look like, I, like one of those hostage videos from the, the Taliban up on my light board. <laughs> no <laughs> way. No way. Rude. You already have a nice Canon. Yeah, like how much nicer can you get than the Canon you have? Well, I'm thinking, I don't know. I'm I'm thinking I might actually, instead of doing the HDMI out and then capturing it on my um, on the computer, I might just start recording locally to like an SD card and then importing it and then uh, tagging up the audio and the video together. It sounds Mm -hmm. like a giant cluster F if you ask me, and I'm sure it's gonna be terrible. But do you you think the quality? Do you think the quality be way better that way? Is yeah, that, I think so. Yeah. Okay. Why don't you record like the a, audio on the camera? Like get a good like a shotgun mic. Because there is a piece of giant glass in between the camera and myself that it's is, called it's called an extension cord. About ten feet away. <laughs> oh, then you use a wireless mic. Yeah. Yeah. Might be doing those reality yeah. shows. Yeah. All right. Well, we don't have the solution to this now, but okay. Wireless mic. All right, I'll look into it, guys. I've never heard anyone say Deech wasn't loud enough, so, but yeah, I don't know why you need a mic, even with glass. Uh, I'm looking for, first, a pool sweep, so one of those plugins. Uh, it cost about $1,600, $1, so it's, I'm, I'm trying to see if I can get it on sale. Let's see. Yeah, it's they're not, they're not cheap. Um 
what are some of some of the other things? I'd, I'd love to get one of those inflatable screens with a projector that goes with it to the backyard because I've got my 55-inch TV outside and it looks very dinky in the corner of the yard where no one can really see when you step away from it. Um, but yeah, uh, things like that. And I'd love to... I'd love to get a new mic like uh, Chris here because his mic, his audio sounds tremendous. I don't know if you guys can tell the difference, but I'm on one of these, what I thought was a great microphone and then listening to to Chris on his, was it the Shure? That is yeah, the sure. amazing how you sound. So, yeah. Sound Maybe I'll do the same. That's a good idea. Yeah. Yeah. So we, pre-COVID, I think we had good mics and then we upgraded the Yeti. It's a great mic, but the Shure is definitely world-class. Yeah, no doubt. Is that what Howard Stern uses? I don't. I'm not sure which one Howard Stern uses. They recorded Thriller on this mic, so I know it's at least good enough for Michael Jackson. Yeah. That's not a good bar to set. I'm just gonna <laughs> say, I mean, the song is great, but there was a surprise ending to that story that no one saw coming. Was it the kids yeah. or the death itself? <laughs> Probably the kids. Yeah. Oh, yeah. okay. All right, for our first topic, our favorite hardware and software maker, Apple, is releasing a new feature for iPhones called Lockdown Mode. What is Lockdown Mode, you ask? Well, great question. It's a new service that you can enable on your iPhone that turns off services commonly abused by high-end spyware makers like the NSO Group. The feature is meant for journalists, political dissidents, and other high-profile targets for spying campaigns. I for sure am not a target of state-sponsored hacking campaigns, but I might just turn it on anyways to play with it. Apple says that once users enable lockdown mode, both iOS and macOS will put in, be put into an extreme and super secure protection mode. Commonly used services and internal processes that are abused by these spyware makers will be blocked. These services include, number one, messages, so on the messages app, You'll only be able to send and receive text and picture messages because some spyware is delivered through a zero-click exploit by sending a maliciously crafted PDF file. Web links will also no longer auto-preview and grab that content remotely. Number two, Safari. You'll not be you'll still be able to browse most websites, but Apple will disable fancy services like the JIT engine, the just-in-time compiler, and WebGL, both commonly exploited features. Number three, USB connections. Apple will disable all USB data connections as soon as the phone is locked. So today there's a 30 minute timeout for USB access after a phone is locked and is to prevent someone from using like a gray lock type device to brute force the, the pin code. Number four, configuration profiles. Lockdown mode blocks users from enrolling their mobile device into MDM or mobile device management solutions. A recent technique is to socially engineer a user into unknowingly enrolling their phone into an MDM, giving the attacker full control over the device. Lastly, to prevent abuse of FaceTime and other services, Lockdown Mail will only allow people to contact you if you contact them first. That's to avoid things like that nasty FaceTime group chat bug that came out a while back that allowed anyone to remotely turn on the microphone of any other iPhone just by calling it and hanging up. So this is really good news. We've said it before, and we constantly praise Apple for its commitment to privacy and protecting its users and further solidifies iPhone as the most secure smartphone to protect its customers from threats, even state-sponsored ones. So are we all on the same page? Lockdown mode is now default mode for our phones? 
there's two sides of that though, right? It's you can it only it's only going to lock down messages, iMessage. What if you use WhatsApp or Signal or some other platform? It, it, they're talking about just the ecosystem for Apple. They're not talking about being able to control things outside of that ecosystem. How how many of those exploits come through Signal? Do we know or Telegram or something like that? As Jeff Bezos, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he got hacked Hold through on, WhatsApp. Him. Yeah, right. I mean, just like you can send a like if if they're going to disable links in an iMessage, you're still going to be able to get links through other platforms, right? Right. So Apple can only control what they control. So they don't control Signal. They don't control Telegram or WhatsApp or WeChat or any of those. So it's up to each individual user to not click on, not have bad behaviors through other apps that they can't control. And the whole point of getting away from iMessage was the point that it wasn't encrypted. Um, Anybody could access that data, right? Or could subpoena for that data. And that's why people went to WhatsApp or to uh, to Signal was because that message wasn't um, viable as far as being able to access unless there was legal 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 recourse for that. If I'm not mistaken. I don't think that's true. So iMessage is end to end encrypted. Even group chats on iMessage are end to end encrypted, um, and you can only subpoena it if the iMessage is backed up to iCloud. So if you turn off iCloud. Uh, iMessage is actually still really secure. They just don't have the disappearing message feature. Okay. But that's coming, right? In uh, the new version in iOS, of iOS 16, yeah, I believe yeah. so. I mean, the whole what what's the number one reason why you use Signal, Chris? Well, disappearing messages. All right, there you go. <laughs> you could have just used Snapchat. Insane. <laughs> yeah, well, you guys are. I, I don't actually. I don't, actually, I don't know if if how many of you guys are on Snapchat. I know Brian was on TikTok and. Glenn just got on Instagram. Yet another you know, application. Yeah. You know who was like a, a, a total old fart when it came to technology? It was actually Todd Morton. Yeah. And that's one of our coworkers. Like Call he was like grandfather that. time. But like now, like he's like legitimately like so funny and he responds so quickly. I feel like, uh, you know, maybe it's the fact that he's dating now. I have no idea. That's made him, you know, break into, you know, 2022. Other so apps start to yeah. adopt technology. Yeah, yeah. makes you think. Great, may, like, maybe he's swiping left, and that's what got him hit. Now, he's <laughs> <left>. you never <laughs> know. But maybe, yeah. maybe his Tinder matches says contact me on Signal because there's disappearing messages on there now. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> guys are hilarious. Todd, if you're listening, you got to join the next call. Defend yourself, Todd. Yeah, yeah. Father Time, you old fart. Is it still? Does anyone even say old fart anymore? Like uh, just, just you, boomer. So. It's just Boomer. You. Yeah. The new term is Boomer. Okay, Boomer. Uh, Thanks, Boomer. Yeah. All right. That's I, so mid to say. I, Do you even know what that means? Just going back to this top, the, these these five things, right? This, this is this should be the default. <laughs> I don't understand why this isn't the default for everyone. Or it it, it should have been the solution the whole time. I've, I mean, I've read the, some analysis of it, and the and on first impression, people feel the same way. Like, Everybody should do this unless there's a good reason not to. But other people have been saying this will be cool for about three days, and then it's going to get real old real fast, and you're going to want to turn it off. Is it because it's just too locked down? The idea that you can't escape if you need to get something done. Yeah, I, I'm not sure which feature people are going to miss the most. I think it might be the you can't contact someone, or someone can't contact you unless you contact them first. Maybe that might be it because 
you know, in, in our line of work, we have unsolicited calls from customers and contacts. We might not have them in our contact list. And if they can't contact us, maybe that might be a problem. Yeah. And it's kind of funny. The The other one is item two there, Safari. You'll still be able to browse most of it, but Apple disable fancy services like JIT. Well, you know what? Chrome has been doing that for a while, right? And not only that, who really uses Safari? Like, I've, I've recorded how many times where you open your Mac and what's the first thing you do? You download Chrome. So, yeah. So, what's your browser of choice on an iPhone then? I know it's Island, obviously, for you, Glenn, but. I like using Chrome. Okay. I like using Chrome and I like using uh, is it Firefox Focus simply because it keeps my web surfing pretty secure without having to manually go into um, dark mode. Yeah, or How the world's best security proxy. Yeah. How about you guys? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm a DuckDuckGo guy now, so I just use that that browser. There's some compatibility issues every once in a while. But other than that, it's nice. There is a cool little button at the bottom. Like if you want to just close your tabs, you just hit the fire thing and then just boom, everything's gone. It doesn't even exist. But it also kind of sucks because now I get calendar invites and I click it. I'm like, God, I got to log back in again. But other than that, it's pretty cool. It's the wife mode when she's looking over your shoulder. You hit the wife mode button. It just burns yeah. everything. Firefox Focus burn is it. the same. There's a little trash can at the top right. It's like oh, burn it okay. all. Yeah. And if I'm if I remember, can you open multiple tabs in DuckDuckGo? Because Firefox Focus won't let you do that. Yeah, you can. Okay. It even nice. shows you at the bottom how many you have open. You're like, how the heck did I get to 16? <laughs> I use Brave. I like the Brave browser, privacy centric. Is that for Plus, your Mac movie. OS or iOS? Both. <laughs> okay. Both. Wow. All right. Pet. First pet's name. Mother's maiden name. Brave. All that info, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> All right, for our second topic, this will be our ransomware story of the week. Lockbit is proud to announce version 3.0 of its ransomware. So, Glenn, last week you said ransomware game is changing and we should all become sales engineers for the ransomware gangs. And, well, now your dream can come true. The new and improved Lockbit ransomware comes with its own bug bounty program, the first of its kind in the ransomware world. They're paying between $1,000 and up to $1 million, depending on the severity of the bug that you find in their ransomware. They're also offering bounties for clever feature requests that you can submit to them. And you can earn up to $1 million by doxing one of the leaders of a rival ransomware gang. So if you know who's running one of the rival gangs, dox them and you can earn up to a million bucks. Lockbit now supports payments in Bitcoin and the privacy coin Zcash and Monero. And the improvements to Lockbit don't just stop with the software. Their data dump site is completely revamped with new features as well. Companies who have their data stolen and encrypted now have an option to pay to extend the deadline. So you could pay $10,000 for an extra 24 hours to come up with the funds or to negotiate a better ransom amount now. There are two auction options now. A company can pay the ransom to get their data back, so that's nothing new, and not have that data publicly released. Or anyone on the dark web can pay the requested amount and immediately get that data. So Lockbit is pitting companies against people who would want to purchase the data. So think of like a, a Tesla. Like if Tesla had their source code stolen, somebody from a rival company can come in and outbid Tesla on it and then steal the data that way. Lastly, the auction to buy or destroy the data operates like a traditional auction where everyone can bid up the price. 
but there's also a reverse auction component to it where the price will come down over time. The thought is that at, at some point, if the price is right, a company will pay the ransom if no one else is going to bid on that data. So that may be a good sign that ransomware is not as profitable and ransomware crews will sell for something instead of nothing. Can you imagine like if Tesla did have something like that going on and they weren't willing to pay for it? And so let's just call it Rivian, right? Rivian decides to go in, buy the IP. And on uh, top of that, like they, they think they're good, but they're a publicly traded company. So they have in their earnings announcements. They're going over it line by line. Hey, uh, what's this million dollar expense for, uh, you know, Newly acquired technology. Like, imagine <laughs> Newly acquired to explain IP. That. Yeah. <laughs> like, it was worth it, let me tell you. Like, uh, it was amazing. Do you think any company would actually do that? Like, I don't not, think we'd do it if the U.S.-based, especially not, not after public. Not publicly. Maybe a, a startup, right? Yeah, some, some backroom deal they might do. Or some country that's out there that may want to copy the, or use the information for themselves. May pay for it. I don't know if they would do that maybe but have you guys ever looked at code like i need the documentation with it as well like you're just looking at this blob of tech you're like okay i have no idea what this does we spent a million dollars for ac controls guys good job <laughs> and there was no autopilot in here at all that would be terrible yeah it's like it was not just source code it's it's like personnel records legal documents contracts like if you can get bid specs for something mm. um, that could give you a significant competitive advantage so it's doesn't just stop at, at IP. It, it can be also other really interesting stuff. Like I can imagine like a signals intelligence group, like the CIA, they might want to buy movement, like movement data on targets of interest. Like they might throw in a bid if they, this data will help with national security. You know, who knows? Dealing with the bad guys. All I do know is that as far as the bug bounty goes, I'm, I'm not that guy. My fuzzing days are over. What about you, Chris? I'd rather be a bug bounty on the the right side of the law, not not helping the ransomware guys out. Yeah, could you imagine doxing somebody and then they find out who you are? That's not going to be a good day. <laughs> they dox the doxer. Yeah, that's not going to be a good day for any. Yeah, a lot of finger pointing going on right there. By the way, where do you guys think these illegal websites that are hosting the data are actually hosted at? I, my money's on GoDaddy. <laughs> what about you? Tor, so they're always uh, on Tor, Tor, Tor does make a lot more sense, but where's that Tor server? Probably GoDaddy. Hmm? Could mm -hmm. be, yeah. yeah. You can hide it well enough. I got it sitting somewhere in Microsoft OneDrive somewhere. <laughs> it's an Azure. <laughs> it's an Azure. <laughs> it's an Azure server. That or an S3 bucket that no one really knows about. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah it's most likely some kind of bulletproof hosting service in Russia, the Maldives, the Cayman Islands, someone that won't request even if they get caught they won't respond to a subpoena have you guys ever thought about like this someone you just freaking hate just send a piece of you know an email text message or something get that lock bit on there just walk away laughing like it only impacts them it's just their one little computer at home but just just to inconvenience them i think it would be worth it and i don't really want the money they check their personal email on their work device and then now you've taken down like jbs foods True. Maybe that's how it all happened. Could be. Yeah. Personal email is a gigantic threat vector for, for many organizations. See, this is why I shouldn't hold grudges. This is going to get me in trouble. Yeah. Not to mention violating the CFAA and a dozen other laws. Chris, you're not my real dad. <laughs> Just watching out.
I don't like those silver right. handcuffs. You should stay away from them. Exactly. That's true. All right, for our third topic. Oh, man, I have been waiting to talk about this story for a while, but it never made the top three until now. I guess it was just a slow news week, and I bumped a couple of the other stories, like the largest data breach in history in China. That has nothing compared to the story we're about to talk about right now. Ooh. Uh oh. Look at Chris, so excited. Oh, he is. It's like he's getting ready to eat a steak or something. I don't even know. <laughs> Go on. Gotta see this. So for, the, so for those of you who don't know, there's an extremely popular video game called Counter-Strike, and you've probably had to be been living under a rock to not know what Counter-Strike is. Yeah, so Glenn's playing to himself. So yeah, he, he got unfrozen along with Captain America, and he, he also doesn't know what Counter-Strike is. So I used to play in high school and in college, and it's still really, really popular today and huge in the esports scene. And one of the ways the makers of Counter-Strike make money is through the Fortnite model. So the game is free, but if you want cosmetic upgrades, you need to pay for them. They offer you absolutely zero advantages in the game, other than they look really cool and you get some bragging rights. The weapon skins change the look of your gun or your knife, and they're purchased through what are called loot boxes. So a loot box is an item you buy with your real-world hard-earned dollars. And it's like a pack of baseball cards. It's a chance that when you open this loot box, you can get a very rare card, or in this case, a very rare weapon skin. And some of these skins for the weapons sell for over 60000 US dollars. Well, wherever there's money to be made, you better believe there's a hacker trying to steal said money. Last month, a hacker hacked into the Steam gaming account of a player who owned more than Get this, $2 million worth of these Counter-Strike weapon skins. They locked the owner out of the account, and about half of the skins were immediately sold. So the attacker netted about a $1 million in profit, and the rest are just sitting in someone's Steam account. I don't know how Steam handles disputes like this, since you know where the skin is, it's, it's, it's obviously this is fraud and theft. But it, to me, it seems like they can just reverse the transaction. Like It's not like these weapon skins are... NFTs written on the blockchain. They're literally zeros and ones sitting on the server, and they should be able to move the items back. But for the people who bought the stolen skins, they may be out some coin, but the same would be true if they bought a stolen TV or a stereo system. So you're not losing pictures of bored primates to hackers. You're losing your Counter-Strike weapon skins. So, like, I thought I was doing, like, really well in life. Like, I can go buy groceries, fill up my truck, I pay off my credit card every single month, but I, I don't have $2 million worth of a singular video game. Like that is a crazy <laughs> amount of money. So on that, and you said the Fortnite model there, my question to you on, on Counter-Strike is any of the rewards you get merit-based, like, like when you level up, can you get certain skins and different things? Cause I, you know, my, my daughter plays it. I used to play it all the time with her. Um, you didn't have to to spend to get all the skins. You could you could level up and get rewards. Is that how it works there too, or not at all? So you you could you can get okay. some skins by merit, but <clears throat> the really rare ones you can never get that way. You can only get them through loot boxes, and that's why they're so valuable. And and some of these skins are given as like first place in a Counter Strike competition, so you can only mm -hmm. win it that way, and that's why they're so rare. It's transferable; you could sell it if you want to, but the, that's the only way to get is through these loot boxes, or you win a tournament how much did i spend to get a skin that's worth sixty thousand dollars probably a lot <laughs> i don't know exactly how the random number generator works but if it's worth 
60k, then it's probably going to take more than that to, to buy just based on the numbers. Shut the hell up. Really? Oh my god. But typical skins. We're the wrong line of business, guys. I know. What the heck? Here we are again, just examining where money is made and how money is made. It's like, what's going on here? This is the original NFT. Well, is it? Are they completely unique or no? They're not necessarily you. Well, they're unique, sort of. So this weapon skin, you know, if I sell it to you, it transfers ownership from me to you. But there's nothing to prevent the makers of Counter Strike from just minting a thousand of these and, and crashing the price. And there's no public record like there is for an NFT where you can look at the blockchain and clearly see who owns it. And you know, the whole point of an NFT is it's non fungible. So that's the only one, and that's unique. But hold on, a skin is just just that, right? It's a, it's a color, it's a pattern, it's something. It, not only that, if if Counter Strike is the only one that controls that, they should be able to see where this this tracks to and who's using that skin, right? It's a color it's a color scheme, it's a pigment matter, it's a it's a pattern. Yeah, it's just zeros and ones. So that's that's why I don't get what's going on here because from my point of view the makers of counter can just reverse it since this is obvious fraud, but I haven't seen any follow-up if that's what they actually did, but the owner is still quite upset that he's out, you know, 2 million bucks worth of skins at this point. And also, how would you know you're buying illegal skins? I think these people should be allowed to keep them. Yeah, yeah, that's that's another argument to be made. That yeah, it, It's similar on eBay. If I buy a computer or a laptop off eBay and then two months later the police said, oh, you bought a stolen laptop, well, how was I supposed to know? That's sort of buyer beware, I guess. Yeah, but we still don't know how the the hacker got into the actual Steam account, right? Did he get fished? Did he password reuse? I believe password it was one, two, three. phishing. He was an idiot with a lot of money. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I think it was similar to some of the scams we saw with the you know the the two factor codes where they they fished the username and password and then they sent him a message that said. Um, you know, you got to call us and give us this code because we're going to lock out your account. And I, I, I think that's how it happened. It's <clears throat> yeah. old, old school phishing, social engineering. Could you imagine, so how much... it, Chris and, and Brian, if you just heard that, hey, my your, one of your kids got their Steam account hacked and it had like $2 million worth of skins, you're going to go, where the hell did you get that money from? <laughs> yeah. How did you acquire this? Yeah. 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 Were you, were you scamming, stealing, hacking, or... They, there's some people out there that that just know the the market really well. They time the market. They said this skin is undervalued. I'm going to buy it, and then you know, it appreciates in value. So you, know, you could make a living off these things. Who knew? So I think we need to hold Counter Strike uh, to a higher level of uh, integrity here. I think they they got to make they got to do something different to protect these uh, these accounts. Well, I'm sorry. Is it who is it? Is it against? I guess it's against Steam. They have Steam. MFA, right? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, Steam takes better. security pretty seriously. I guess it's it's sort of like Twitter. You you can have your phone as your second factor. It's not great. It's better than nothing. But something like a time-based one-time password or a YubiKey would be the ultimate way of of securing that account. Dude, I'm telling. If you got, I don't even know what that threshold is. But let's say it's a hundred. Let's say you have a hundred thousand dollars in skins. Someone from Steam should pick up the phone and be like, "Hey, uh." Brian, you should come over to your house later. They're going to set up your two-factor YubiKey. Uh, you don't like it? You know, we're just going to revoke your account. I don't know what to tell you. Like, that, something's got to change. That This is yeah. ridiculous. Yeah, I smell a lawsuit coming. Sign into my Steam account real quick. Change password. <laughs> <laughs>
I'm going to create my Steam account. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, Boomer. Uh, Chris, so how much in skins do you have there yeah, for your Counter Strike? What is your account worth, and how do you, and how do you even know? The it's zero dollars exactly because I stopped playing Counter Strike when 1.6 came out, and then that that was the last version before they switched over to what's called Global Offensive, which is the current one that they're running now, and. You could only get skins if you played CSGO, which is the global offensive. So I, I've never played CSGO. I stopped in college, and I never bought or earned a single skin. Okay, you're off the hook. I am off the hook, especially if the IRS is listening. So, could, But going back to my question, if you did, like, and you, and you log in, do you, is there a dollar amount associated with all your skins, or you just kind of happen to know what they're worth? How do you even sell it? There's secondary market. They have like eBay for skins, like the, so they have like an auction market, a secondary market. So you have to see what what they're worth, the rarity, how many are available, and it flu- it's similar to NFTs. They just fluctuate over time depending on demand. Craigslist. That's how I buy it. There you go. Cash only. <laughs> Cash only, baby. All right. For our last topic, and it'll be a rotating topic every week. This week, I'm posing the question to my co-host: What's a mistake that you made once? that you'll never make again. For me, the obvious ones are from my childhood. So I can think of things like uh, tasting vanilla and almond extract. While they smell really great, they do not taste great. Chewing on aluminum foil and licking a 9-volt battery. I can guarantee you I only did those things once ever. Uh, In my adult life, I would have to say drinking alcohol on an empty stomach. And for anyone who's been there, you know exactly why that's the one and only time you will ever do that. So I'm a shark. I spend half my life looking for food, the other half eating it. So I've never had an empty stomach on alcohol. <laughs> what happens? Uh, it's it's not great. So the biology of, of how it works is like if you eat food, especially fatty food. So if, pro tip out there, if you're planning on drinking, eat fatty food, butter, milk, cheese, things like that. It coats oh, your stomach with day. fat. Okay. <laughs> so it coats your stomach with fat and it greatly reduces the rate at which your body absorbs the alcohol so that's what you want so if you're on an empty stomach there's nothing in your stomach except stomach acid and it absorbs the alcohol really really fast so you can figure out what happens from there all i'm hearing is you get drunk faster so it's cheaper but i don't see what the downside <laughs> is here it's the control factor. you don't want it to hit you like a ton of bricks you will you want it to gradually increase you don't want it all at once i don't know i'm gonna try this out We'll text you right. later on tonight. Yeah, let me know how that goes. <laughs> I've got a couple. Uh, I've got one for sure that I learned very quickly. I think I was at five or six or five, six or seven. Never stick a paper clip in a light socket. Just, oh, yeah, Brian did, did that, right? And you woke never, up on the floor. <laughs> yeah, I yep. never did again after that. I guarantee you I never did it again. Um, it was shocking. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, don't, <laughs> don't throw a bunch of gas in a barbecue pit and then light it and expect it to be a good situation that comes out of that. Doesn't come out very well. So, I think it's, yeah, it's the common misconception. People think gasoline itself is is flammable. It's the vapors that are flammable. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I lost a couple eyes, a couple pieces of the, the hair there. Your eyebrow. Yeah, yep. eyebrow. Yeah. Uh, what's the other thing? Um, don't lift heavy 
<laughs> at, at an older age and think you can recover. Uh, just know your limits when you're when you're trying to work out. So especially if you're working out by yourself, it's not a good situation. You'll just embarrass yourself, especially spotter, for spotter, spotter, spotter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, what a couple other things. Oh, yeah. And never take the first offer on a negotiation for a new job. Chapter it's one. It's going to be a chapter in the book. Chapter book. one. There you, go. <laughs> yeah. there you go. Nice plug for our book there, Glenn. There you go. Uh, so I, I'm, I'm with you, Glenn. Uh, I'm, well, kind of with you in lifting. So I, I think that you should lift heavy. However, I don't think anybody, unless you're a paid athlete, should be doing deadlifts. It's just a terrible exercise. And even with proper form, things can go wrong. And it definitely happened to me. So I, I herniated two discs and dislocated my hip. Oh. Not a whole lot of weight and a weight belt and somebody, uh, you know, there with me. So yeah, beware on that. And that was, that was, that was a, a nice equalizer, right? Cause I spent the next month laying on the couch and crawling to go take a cause I couldn't stand up. So yeah, I learned that Beep. lesson. Yeah, like, <laughs> <laughs> you know what uh, I want to do actually one of these, one of these times, like if you ever watch Jimmy Kimmel, he has a segment called unnecessary censorship where he like puts yeah. the beep in where it's not appropriate, but it makes it sound dirty. Like I want to do that yeah. to the show one time because someone Brian says, I'm going to go take a beep and then you can fill in. Like you can imagine what he's saying there. You should. I think that would be a great <laughs> idea. The only Brian, other Brian, one I that I... You. Uh, yeah, so yeah, deadlifts. Uh, definitely not going to do that again. And then just impulse buying in general. Um, I'm kind of weird. Like if it's over 50 bucks, like my, you know, you have to beep this, but my... Little pucker. I'm like, I don't know if I want to do that. So I, I take a moment on on all things like that, and you know, sleep on it or give it a week, and try to figure out is this something I really want to spend my money on. It's a good rule in general, though. Do I really need this? Does this spark joy? That's it. It usually doesn't. That's the funny part. Is that you get it, and you're like, ugh, got another iPad thrown to the fire. Buyer buyer's remorse. Buyer's remorse. So quickly. Yeah. 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 I'm with you. Now, if I could just get my kids to understand this, I think they'll be infinitely rich in no time. Yeah, they'll get to that age eventually. All right, well, we continue to get great comments about our dad joke of the week. Dad joke of the week. This week, I'm up. Yesterday, a truck carrying a load of Vicks Vapor Rub overturned on a busy highway. Surprisingly, there was no congestion for eight hours. But, uh... Was um... it... <laughs> Was that really a surprise, Chris? <laughs> All right. To wrap things up, keep an eye out for Prime Day deals and send us your favorite deals. Apple introduces lockdown mode to protect users from state-sponsored attacks. Lockbit 3.0 is out with some significant changes. A hacker stole $2 million worth of Counter-Strike weapon skins. And don't drink alcohol on an empty stomach. That's all we have for this week. We hope you enjoyed this week's episode. You can find us all on LinkedIn. Links will be in the description. Follow us on Instagram at Pebcac Podcast. Thank you to all our listeners and subscribers who raised five stars in the iTunes store and Spotify and left us a review. We appreciate you all spreading the word to help grow the show. The best way to find us is to search for the Pebcac Podcast on your favorite podcast listening app. For my co-host Brian Deach and Glenn Medina, I'm Chris Lloyd. Thanks for listening. We'll see you all next weekend. As always, have a nice day. Thanks, everyone. Toodles. Have a nice day. <laughs> <laughs>